This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And welcome to the best show on your radio. It is Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. Got my man Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman, presented by Progressive Insurance. Appreciate you joining us on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And always tell that smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Ten minutes away as we go to Cincinnati and get the pulse of that city and that area when it comes to the Bengals playing what we believe is a must-win game tonight in Baltimore versus the Baltimore Ravens. That guest will stop by in about 10 minutes. Keep weighing in. We're going to take your calls right now. We're calling this weekend, Show Me Something Weekend in the National Football League. Who has to do that for you? Can't wait to hear what you have to say at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Joe in Texas, who has to show you something this weekend in the NFL? Well, it really ain't show me nothing. It's show me what I know already. Baltimore has... They're seven and three against Cincinnati. They lose, they'll be seven and four. We're still not counting against the Jaguars on the 17th of December, the 49ers on the 25th, then the Dolphins on the 31st, and then back to the Steelers. They haven't won a Super Bowl. Uh, Lamar Jackson won the MVP, what, his rookie year, but everybody's still, oh, he's the greatest, he's the greatest. Win something, then we can call you the greatest. But uh, what's his name um, from Green Bay? Now he's a Jets, the quarterback. He Aaron won one, one MVP, huh? Aaron Rodgers, we're here for yeah, you. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers won one MVP and one Super Bowl, and everybody's still he, he got to show us something. He got to, he has more championships than Lamar Jackson. Okay. Last year, did, did Baltimore win a championship? They were in the same place. Everybody's off. He's the greatest. He's what? Did they win? No, they lost. <laughs> Number one, Aaron Rodgers has four MVPs, but we know exactly where you were going as far as that goes, and that's the one thing, Chad, I love about the NFL that you always have to feel like you're proving something because everybody's gunning for that number one spot. You look at Patrick Mahomes said it best. He goes, we want people to get bored of us winning. We are not just going to settle with being two-time champions. That's not what I'm all about. And Joe Burrows flat out said, if I get one, I want more than that. I don't want just to settle on one. He said, I don't want to be like Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre who have won championship. It minimizes how hard and how extremely difficult it is, not just to win a championship, but the, even when a playoff game, when the NFL is harder, faster, and better, in my opinion, than we've ever seen. Yeah, I've always been a fan of long-term sustained success. It's great to be a flash in the pan. It's great to be the new guy on the block and get everybody's attention. But I admire people who can do it for a long period of time and do it for a long period of time successfully and have multiple awards, mm-hmm. multiple Super Bowls. Because mm-hmm. that's what this whole thing is about. It's, it's not just a, 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 about being a flash in the pan and being in the conversation. It's the ultimate winning game. Right. And your success, particularly as a quarterback, is governed by how many of those rings you got on your fingers. And there's a guy, Tom Brady, who's got a bunch of them, and everyone else is chasing that. Patrick Mahomes is chasing that. Joe Burrow is chasing that, trying to even come close to that level that Tom Brady attained. Marissa, Marissa excuse me, in Mississippi, who has to show you something this weekend in the NFL, my friend. Hey, guys. First-time caller here. Um, love this show. Appreciate you. So, for me, um, diehard Dolphins fan, I'm going to have to see uh, Tua and our team um, step up against the pass rush this week. And we're going against the Raiders and Max Crosby. And I feel like I know there's this whole thing, we can't win against great teams, and I get that. But I think for me, if we can show against this Raiders defense that you know, if our timing is thrown off a little bit or if, you know, Tua's under pressure, we can still do something with the ball and maybe stick, stick consistently with some run game with Achan coming back. I think that bodes well for us because coming up, we've got to play the Jets twice in the next four weeks. 
Um, and as much as I do not care about playing Zach Wilson, um, I do care about playing that their defense. And so I really, really need to see my team step up against the pass rush this week. Number one, I mean, Dolphins.com. Call Marissa. <laughs> and hire her <laughs> not for nothing she broke that down perfectly because she knows that Raiders team is a different Raiders team with Antonio Pierce although for the first time with Antonio Pierce being the interim head coach they're going to go against an offense that can fight back because they didn't have to worry about that the New York Giants and the New York Jets but to Marissa's point if you're the Dolphins you can't assume anything no matter what it looks like on the other side because she mentioned that name Max Crosby we talk about great defenders in the National Football League can rush the passer that guy is as good as anybody in the National Football League, and he's been playing at an elite level for the last three years for the Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, he is a world beater. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Max Crosby is, can be a thorn in the side of Tua. Now, I'd imagine Mike McDaniels has something schemed up to keep uh, Max Crosby occupied with all those jet sweeps and uh, off-tackle runs and things like that. You can't just allow this guy to mm-hmm. pin his ears back because no matter who you put in front of him, he has found ways the last two seasons to beat tackles, double teams, tackles and uh, tight ends, tackles and running backs. Every way you want to deal with this guy, he has found a way to be successful in that. Now the Raiders, the Antonio Pierce bump has been real, but to your point, playing the two New York teams has got them these victories. Now they got to go all the way across the country mm-hmm. and play the Dolphins who, despite not having a winning record against winning teams, yeah. are still a very, very good offensive team. And I think this is the time when the Dolphins uh, hopefully get things together and get things moving in the right direction. I'll say this for the Dolphins. They showed me so much in the second half of that game in Frankfurt, Germany versus the, Los- the Kansas City Chiefs. They could have mailed it in being down 21 nothing, and the Chiefs get that touchdown right before halftime, and they get that strip. They take the ball away from Tyree Kill. They sprint in the end zone. It's 21 nothing. The fact they were able to battle back against that defense and they were a terrible snap away from maybe forcing overtime. or Who knows, Mike McDaniel, he might have gone for two and tried to win that game right then and there. If the Dolphins find a way to figure it out and beat the tougher teams that they have not been able to beat, we may go back to Frankfurt, Germany in that second half. They could have mailed it in, could have packed it in. They didn't do that. They showed some really good mental and physical toughness to find a way to make that a competitive game, and it gave themselves a chance to maybe either win it or force that game to go into overtime. I think you can learn a lot about a team in those situations when you know, the odds are stacked against them, yet they still continue to go out there and play, and play hard and, and fight hard. And yeah. the Dolphins did just that. And, and I think that was one of those moments that I think they'll point to later in the season. You remember that second half when Absolutely. things were all – you know, the odds were stacked against us, yet we found a way to stay competitive, to keep our heads down, to keep chopping wood. That is a building block moment for this football team, and I would assume they would be able to take that into this week's game as well. Granite, Connecticut, thanks for calling Freddie Coleman and Chad Brown and Freddie and Harry on 888-729-3776 in ESPN Radio, part of the Dr. Pepper call line. Grant, who has to show you something this weekend in the National Football League? Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. The team that needs to show me something is the Houston Texans. I've been a fan since before they ever even played a snap. As a team, we're having a better season than anyone expected, but we never win when we're odds favorites. We're only 1-3 in three the last four games. Stroud needs to step up and start breaking that cycle. That's a great point, Grant, because the last time they were in this situation, they played the Carolina Panthers, and I thought the Carolina Panthers would get their first win that day, and that's exactly what happened. I believe they've learned their lesson because not just because they have a quarterback that is mature beyond his years when it comes to C.J. Stroud, Chad, they got a coach of D'Amico Ryans that I guarantee you showed them the film and said, remember the last time in a situation we come up a big win against the Orleans Saints and you guys play like that on the road against the Carolina Panthers? 
What are you going to do about it now that we beat two teams, the Buccaneers and the Bengals, and now we got a Cardinals team that has only two wins on the season? They got the perfect coach in Amico Ryan, so let them know, do you want to be a 5-5 five and five team or be a 6-4 and four team? And I believe in you, but do you believe in yourselves? you got to learn how to be a winner. And I think the Houston Texans organization is going through that process. And part of that process is learning the lessons from winning. When you win, then you get your opponent's best game the next week. But also, you have to find a way to not break your arm patting yourself on the back because you won last week. That don't buy you a cup of coffee this week. You're playing another <laughs> NFL team. They got dudes who make millions of dollars too. So if you don't show up the next week, you're going to get beat. And I'm sure D'Amico Ryans has been preaching that kind of message to his team all week. Hey, fellas. Yeah, that was great last week, but the NFL is about doing it again and again and again, week in, week out, showing up, playing great football. This team, I think, is you know at this point playing with house money because they are so far ahead of expectations. But I, I can't think of the, the, the Miko Ryan's who I coached with mm-hmm. when I was out there in San Francisco mm-hmm. somehow being satisfied with this moment. They're looking to continue to improve. They got the best young quarterback in the league, maybe the best young quarterback not just in the past decade, maybe in the history of the NFL this kind of season that C.J. Stroud is having. But – now you got to do it again. The big win, you can't rise so high that you fall down the next week. Your job as an NFL player is to remain steady and consistent. He's one of our favorites. He's Roy the truck driver, always keeping this country going. My man Roy, who has to show you something this weekend in the NFL. Hey, uh, that, uh, Marissa knocked that out the park, didn't she? She put her pinky toe on that little reply. Listen, <laughs> I, need, I need Jamar. I need Jamar to come out. Come out, come out. We know how good he is, how they had a lead like that and give it up. I need Jamar to come out because I want him elevated up there with Burroughs and Knucklehead. You know who from uh, KC that my mama can't stand. You know me, buddy. <laughs> a, a lot of people feel the same way you feel about Lamar Jackson, not Jamar Laxon, the quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens. Even Lamar Jackson knows that, hey, we all have to step up, but it starts with me. Lamar, what can you do to uh, improve on hitting these guys on the nine, nine routes? Hit them. I mean, it's right there. I'm, I'm pissed off about it, to be honest with you. Um, I don't watch the game, and it's like, like it might be a difference in the game if you know if we connect with that one, you know. But um, gotta, gotta, can't dwell on it, you know. Um, hopefully this Thursday we, we catch them when we want them, you know. We have success with the deep ball. Um, we connect, have chemistry there. But I, I believe it's there, you know. In practice, we we do it all the time, you know. Those guys catch the ball down the field, forty yards, fifty yards down the field. We just got to need, um, we needed to trans transition over to the game. It should be an out of sight matchup in Baltimore tonight. The Ravens on one side, the Cincinnati Bengals on the other side. Let's bring in an FOS friend of the show. He is Mo Egger from ESPN fifteen thirty in Cincinnati. Hit him on Twitter, Mo Egger, joining Freddie Coleman and Chad Brown and Freddie and Harry in ESPN Radio. Mo, we know how huge this game is, especially for the Cincinnati Bengals. In your opinion, whoever wins tonight, would you say they have the inside track to winning the AFC North or not, and why? Yeah, I mean, I, first of all, I think if Baltimore wins, they should print the T-shirts and wear them in the locker room after the game. AFC North champs. Uh, because it's it, – it's it, I, I get it. Their schedule is the, the second most difficult down the stretch in terms of DBOA, but just start to do the math and, and consider – the, the strengths and weaknesses of the other teams in the division. Are, are the Cleveland Browns going to catch Baltimore? Are the Pittsburgh Steelers going to catch Baltimore? I have a hard time believing the answer is yes. Are the Bengals at 5-5 five and five going to catch Baltimore? Uh, no, not losing the head-to-head tiebreaker. I think if Cincinnati wins, I think if you're a Bengals fan, you got to feel really good about, you know, all right, game on. You know, they're, they're a game behind them in the win column. 
They will have survived, uh, you know, losing that first game. They will have evened up the season series, so you're not going to lose the head-to-head tiebreaker at least. And, and yeah, I, I think at that point you're being fair if you go, you know what, I'll take Cincinnati or Baltimore, and you could have Cleveland and Pittsburgh, and I'll feel pretty good about it. I think that's exactly what tonight is. I think tonight if the Baltimore Ravens win, it's hard for me to imagine them not winning the division. If Cincinnati pulls off the upset tonight, I think we're talking about a fun two-team race over the final uh, two months of the season. All right, Mo. Joe Barr called last week's uh, loss to the Houston Texans one of the most frustrating losses in his four-year career. Can the Bengals and can Joe Burrow move past that loss and be ready for this huge game tonight on such a short week? I think emotionally, yes. You know, I mean, this is this is a team, I think they'll tell you, this is where they've been the last two years. Last year they were 4-4, four and four, won their last eight in the regular season. Two years ago they were 5-4, and four, coming off back-to-back losses, won the division and went to the Super Bowl. So I, I think they'll they'll lean on their track record. They'll lean on history. I think more mechanically, though, there are some things they have to figure out and figure out immediately. If you've watched the Bengals for most of the season, here's what you've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first drive of the game, they look unstoppable. And then they have this weird habit of going to sleep on offense. It's remarkable. The first drive of the game, so often, it looks like they're about to hang 45 on somebody. You see every conceivable weapon used. Joe looks great. And then and a, a colleague of mine did the, the, the adding up of, of drives two, three, and four after that first drive. So they've played nine games. Nine times three is 27. Those 27 drives, they've scored three times. Mm. They've punted 18 times. Mm. That has to change. If it doesn't, Cincinnati's going to be looking at a deficit tonight. I think the other thing for this team, if you look at the Texans game, was, you know, C.J. Stroud is terrific. They gave him all day to throw. The Bengals' pass rush was non-existent. When this pass rush is non-existent, you're putting a lot of pressure on a talented secondary, but a young secondary. Cincinnati's defense, it's so cliche, but it's what they've done all year long. They've bent, but they've not broken. They've been great in the red zone. They've been great at getting red zone turnovers. But when you don't get them, the more you bend, at some point you're going to break. They broke last week against Houston. And let's face it, if you watched the Texans last week, they looked a lot like the Baltimore Ravens. So can the Bengals clean those things up tonight in time to face Lamar Jackson and company. Great stuff by Mo Egger from ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati with Freddie Coleman and also Chad Brown and for Harry Douglas and Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Staying right there because they're going to be compromised tonight. They know that we know they're not going to have Hendrickson. Hubbard is going to be a game-time decision based on what I've had a chance to see. And you talk, you talk about the defense that they're a bend but don't break. So on a short week, what's the likelihood that this defense will continue to be that way against an offense that we've seen? If they put up points early, they can't hold leads, but they can put up points early when it comes to Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, they're probably going to bend some more, right? Trey Hendrickson's going to go, but how good is he going to be? How much is he going to play? You know, the Bengals made an effort this offseason to make their pass rush better. They they took a, a defensive edge, a edge rusher in the first round instead of a tight end, and Miles Murphy so far has been a big disappointment. The guys who aren't Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard have to be better. In the absence of that, you're going to go back to relying on turnovers. You're going to go back to hoping that Cam Taylor Brick can pick off another pass. So the DJ Turner, a rookie from Michigan, can can make another play. And, you know, as, as a general rule, I think you're pretty happy with where the Bengals are defensively with their young guys. But with this task tonight in a game of, of this magnitude, boy, it feels like it's going to be a lot to ask of a defense to continue to bend, to continue to give up yardage, but not necessarily give up points once teams get inside the 20. 
All right, the Bengals are, are in their third consecutive season with a 5-4 and four start, Mo. Uh, what is it about mm-hmm. these slow starts that the Bengals have before taking their game to the next level? You know, it's. I, I think the first the first way to answer it would be it'd be great if they had a healthy Joe Burrow week one, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's right. it, we're talking about two quarterbacks tonight. One picks the right time of year to get hurt. Joe's always hurt in September. Lamar's always hurt in January. So, but but that's but that's been the main main look. The year they went to the Super Bowl, they started five and two, and then they lost two games going into the bye. So I don't lump twenty one in with last year and this year, but. Look, the reality is last season they started 0-2. The major reason why was Joe Burrow had an appendectomy right when training camp started, and they had four new offensive line. This go-around, uh, Joe Burrow dealt with a calf issue. It compromised him, kept him off the field for much of training camp, and compromised him early in the season. So moving forward, the first thing that has to happen is you have to have a normal training camp with Joe Burrow. Secondly, I think this coaching staff has to figure out ways to protect the health of the team but but also making them offensively at least functional. Because what stood out to me about the Bengals in the first couple of games of the season was it wasn't that they were losing. It's that offensively they couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Well, you ought to be able to function at least a little bit, especially with their coaching continuity, especially with their talent. They're going to have to figure out ways to balance being prepared to play well early with ensuring that you're as healthy as possible week one because they have failed in that regard over the last couple of years. If I ask the question, who's under the most pressure to perform tonight, Joe Burrow, Cincinnati, or Lamar Jackson of Baltimore, Mo, what's your answer? I think it's Joe Burrow. Lamar's got a cushion. Lamar's going to be in first place by the end of the night. Uh, with, with Joe, five and five, I don't think we really want to do the math, right? Mm-hmm. You are uh, three games behind Baltimore. You lose the tiebreaker. And in a season where the idea was to win the Super Bowl, you're sitting there at 5-5 five and five in a crowded AFC. It's going to be really tough. Enjoy the game tonight, brother. It was great catching up with you, Mo. Take care and be well, brother. Thanks a lot. Okay. Thanks, man. Yep. I'll, I'll thanks, stand up by Mo Egger, ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati. Hit him on Twitter. Mo Egger joining Freddie Coleman and Chad Brown and Freddie and Harry. And that's the one thing I can't wait to see. We've seen how both of these guys have had their moments responding to pressure, and they've had the moments of pressure that have gotten to them. More so to Lamar Jackson, in my opinion, than Joe Burrow. Lamar Jackson knows, man, we get a chance to maybe put this team away where that's one less team we got to deal with in the best division of football, the AFC North. I think the pressure is going to be something that I can't wait to see how both of these quarterbacks in different situations and for different reasons will have to handle that tonight with this game in Baltimore, the Ravens on one side and the Bengals on the other side, Chad. Again, as I said earlier, I think we're going to find out about the core of both of these football teams. With so much at stake for for both teams, a chance to kind of almost seal up the division literally halfway through the season for Mm -hmm. Baltimore, a chance for Cincinnati to keep themselves in the conversation. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to see hopefully some great football that surpasses what we typically see on a Thursday because so much is at stake for both teams. Keep weighing in. We want to hear from you on the Dr. Pepper call on the line at 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. Who has to show you something this weekend or show me something weekend in the NFL, 888-729-3776. And we got more questions and answers about tonight's game that kicks off that show me something weekend in the NFL involving the Bengals and the Ravens. We'll get to that next with Chad Brown and for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. This is Freddie and Harry, and this is ESPN Radio. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. Joining me, Freddie Coleman on Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance. Appreciate you joining us on Sirius XM Channel 80. And always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. We're going to get to part of the show, uh, something weekend in the National Football League when it comes to the night's game involving the Bengals and the Ravens, playing things that Chad Brown and Freddie Coleman will question and we'll try to find answers to that come to you in about five minutes. But even more of your phone calls right now, the Dr. Pepper call in line. Who has to show you something this weekend? Part of Show Me Something Weekend in the National Football League at triple eight say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Koopa in Virginia, what you got? How's it going? First time caller. Appreciate y'all taking my call. Love yeah, y'all yeah, show. Appreciate you, my man. Thank I'm you. Um, who has to show me something this weekend is the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday night. I'm a big Philadelphia Eagles fan through and through. I think a lot of emotions want to go into Kansas City, both coming off of bye weeks. Andy Reid has a good record coming off of the bye weeks, even throughout Philadelphia. And who, who specifically for Philadelphia is James Bradbury after what happened to him in the Super Bowl. Okay. I think we, our emotions want to be high, but we need to settle down. And uh, a quick take on Josh Allen for the Buffalo Bills. I don't know what the organization has to do, but they need to go and you know kind of take a page out of that, that Steelers um, organization when they had Big Ben. Just go ahead and get a heavy back out of the draft, <laughs> build around that defense, and work off the play action and bootleg. I don't know about throwing, having Josh Allen throw 40, 50 times a game. They didn't have Big Ben do it. I definitely think they need to establish a running game first and – build a defense and have Josh Allen for him to start being great because I think we fell in love with them during COVID and a lot of 
a lot of teams were questionable during those days, and it's, it's almost like the Lakers in a bubble. You know, like we we talk about that championship they won. It's like Josh Allen's like that. He went to the AFC Championship during that 2020 year, and it was unexpected. Everything every week, something unexpected. And ever since then, he's kind of been the trajectory of his play has been going down. If anything, they need the blueprint what they've done with the quarterback Cooper for your team in Philadelphia, because look what they've done with Jalen Hurts. They never get away from the running game. That's a staple. But when they take their shots down the field, that's when Jalen Hurts can be the most accurate. He's gotten better, Chad, as a passer, making those anticipation throws, throwing through those tight windows. But early on, they said, yeah, we believe in this guy. We're going to make sure the running game is going to be there. We've seen the Buffalo Bills feature a running game not involving Josh Allen. He's added to it. But I think at times they try to put so much on him that they place him in those kind of situations. He feels that pressure to try to overcome that. And then we saw it happen Monday night when they had those picks early on and fumbles early on. They want to lose that game to a Broncos team, in my opinion, they had no business losing to. A quarterback's best friend is a run game. That's what sets up play-action pass. That's what keeps the defense on their heels. That's what gives the defense uncertainty. If every snap, if I, as a defender, I've got to recognize runner pass first before I get into my assignment, that slows me down a tick. And the NFL is a game where inches matter. All that stuff matters. So the run game is critical. Now, they ran the ball pretty good against the Broncos. Mm-hmm. They ran for almost 200 yards, 192 yards. Right. James Cook was averaging 9.1 yards per carry. So they go. ran the ball pretty good. But to the caller's point, a run game, a consistent run game, week in, week out, where you don't get away from it. You only, you don't only decide to do it when it's working for you. You stay consistent. You stay invested in that run game because you know what that means for your quarterback. You know what that means for your offensive line. You know what that means to the defense on the other side of the ball. You know what that means for your defense. You get a chance to rest when you run the football. So they got to run the ball for multiple reasons, but assisting and helping Josh Allen would be reason number one. Jonathan of Florida, who has to show you something this weekend in the National Football League, my friend. All right, how y'all doing? You know, I want to say I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a fan of the show. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Uh, call on the regular, so. But, um, Freddie, man, before I even tell you, because, okay. you know, I, I went with the Dolphins. I'm going with the Dolphins. Okay. But the way uh, old girl had explained it, I ain't even got to say much. <laughs> um, <laughs> for real. I was like, hold up. <laughs> but, um, I got a bone to pick with you, though, Freddie, okay. man. Because remember you was talking about, um, uh-huh. oh, who we, uh, who would I trust more? Uh, is okay. it Josh Allen or uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who was talking about Loa? Okay. You know, who was, who was on the bottom end, you feel me? We ain't beat nobody. We still ain't beat nobody. True. But, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, but, true. But, 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 but the way Josh Allen looking right now is kind of crazy. Don't you, don't you feel that? You know, you feel? Jonathan, Florida, you and I are one mind because there's no doubt right now I'm trusting Tua Tungabailoa more than Josh Allen because you can say a lot of things about Tua in the games that the Miami Dolphins have not won, but that was a collective with that football team, Tua was dialing it up in the second half against an outstanding Kansas City Chiefs defense. And like I said, without a bad snap, they could be in a position to force that game to go to overtime and maybe if they go for two and maybe win that football game. So, yeah, that was a couple weeks ago when Josh Allen was not looking like the Josh Allen we've seen the last three weeks. With Jonathan Florida, me a culpa on that one. As of right now, Chad, I'm not trusting Josh Allen or the Buffalo Bills. Or with Tua Tungabailoa, the Miami Dolphins. No, there's, there's, no. Josh Allen, again, the, the whole Bill Parcells thing, your, your record says who you are. When you've got 11, 11 interceptions, I know with apologies to Dan Olowski, that means you've been careless with the football. 
That's what that means. When you lead the league in interceptions and you're in the same category as guys who are perennially guys who turn the ball over, guys like Jimmy Garoppolo and guys like that, when you have that kind of number associated with you, this is who you are. And so I don't trust that guy. As a defensive-minded guy, give me a quarterback who's average, who doesn't turn the football over and put me in bad positions defensively versus a quarterback who's got an elite skill set but can't seem to stop throwing the ball to the other team. Yeah, no doubt about it. We'll see if they can fix that this week against a Jets defense that offensively, ugh, but defensively, <laughs> they're quite good on the other side of that football when it comes to the Jets about to play the Buffalo Bills. Part of Show Me Something Weekend this weekend in the NFL. He's Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman of Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance of motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. I've got some questions I want answers. NFL questions and answers. Oh, baby. Give me everything you got. With Freddie and Harry. And it's all about tonight's game. We do questions and answers specifically on tonight's game involving the Bengals and the Ravens. This game happening in Baltimore. Before we get to what, do, what is Chad Brown and Freddie Cohen, what do we have questions about and what do we want to see? Check out what Joe Burrow had to say about playing a game like this, knowing a lot's on the line, even though there's still plenty of football to be played. You know, I wasn't obviously feeling my best at that point. Didn't quite have my full full toolbox in there. But uh, I thought we did some good things in the second half, like you said. You know, first half we didn't have a ton of plays. Uh, they did a good job. You know, we, we found some explosives in the second half. That's what we have to try to do. They do a great job of limiting those explosive plays, and you have to try to find them. Uh, because they're, they're going to do a really good job on offense, keeping the ball, running it, scoring points, and we're going to have to do the same. All right, Chad, I'll start the ball tomorrow. I'm excuse me, the Cincinnati Bengals. What do you know and what do you want to see? Uh, I know that Joe Burrow is an elite quarterback, um, but I need to know that he can get it done tonight on this big of a stage against a team and a quarterback who have gotten the better of him. So, Joe Burrow, now it's time to shed your whatever issue you have with the Cincinnati, uh, with the Baltimore Ravens and move past that and be the quarterback you have been against almost every other team in the league. Step up your game to match what the Ravens bring tonight. Okay, what do you want to see? I need to see him step his game up, Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> Both are true. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Here's what I know with the, with the Cincinnati Bengals. I know they're going to be prepared. Whatever went on last week, the Houston Texans, I know they won't have any kind of practice time to be out there in the practice field, but I trust that coaching staff enough. This is what I know. They are going to be prepared to go into a place that they believe they can win. They're not going to let what happened the first time when the Baltimore Ravens are clearly a better team. That's what I know. What I can't wait to see is defensively. What can they do to make sure that Lamar Jackson does not go off? Lamar Jackson's heard what everybody's had to say in terms of not holding leads in the second half and that you guys are calling the wrong plays at the wrong time. Guys are dropping the football, missing assignments. Lamar Jackson is the kind of person that will take that personally. Lamar, what can you do to uh, improve on hitting these guys on the nine, nine routes? Hit them. They, I mean, it's right there. I'm, I'm pissed off about it, to be honest with you. Um, I don't watch the game, and it's like – like it might be a difference in the game if you know if we connect with that one, you know. But um, gotta gotta can't dwell on it, you know. Um, hopefully this Thursday we we catch them when we want them, you know. We have success with the deep ball. Um, we connect, have chemistry there. But I, I believe it's there, you know. In practice, we we do it all the time, you know. Those guys catch the ball down the field, forty yards, fifty yards down the field. We just gotta need um, we needed to trans transition over to the game. So that's what I want to see. 
can they make sure that based on what Lamar Jackson just said, they're not going to punish themselves again? And if they don't, can that Cincinnati Bengals defense stand up? On the other side of Baltimore, Chad, what do you know and what do you want to see? I know Baltimore can score points. They got 30-plus points the last four weeks. Even last week's loss against Cleveland, they had 31 points. So I know they can score points, but I need to see them do it in the second half. That's been their issue all year long. When they've lost their games, it's been second-half ball games. The Colts, the Browns, the Steelers, particularly the Steelers and the Browns, the second-half offensive production was almost non-existent. Of course, we need the Ravens' defense to hold up their end of the bargain and don't allow the, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals to roar their way back into the ball game. But the offense also needs to keep some rhythm and continuity going. 30-plus points may not be enough if it's all in the first half and you don't get it done in the second half as well. Here's what I know. The Baltimore Ravens are going to score at least 24 points. That offense told me all I needed to know, that they can run it, they can tote it, they can throw it, they can make those kind of plays, even if they have a drop pass here and there. They have enough offensive scheme and firepower that even if the Cincinnati Bengals raise their level of defense, the Baltimore Ravens will put up at least 24 points tonight. That's what I know. What I want to see, where's that close run defense? That when you need to get a stop, who is that guy? Is it Smith or Queen, your linebackers? Is it Kyle Hamilton, one of the best safeties in the league? But somebody has to be that guy that, hey, third and four, we're getting off this damn field. Third and two, they're not getting the first down. Third and long, we're getting that pressure and we're getting off the field. Who's going to be that closer for the Baltimore Ravens to make sure that you get a chance to get off the field and then the Bengals stay on it and the Bengals stay on it and the Bengals stay on it because they know not one person they will step up when that defense has really needed it in those crucial situations, especially in the second half of games, especially the ones they've blown so far in the National Football League. You're going to find who we believe is going to win tonight's game. We're also going to let you believe exactly what Michigan now believes about Jim Harbaugh. And also in other news, sometimes you just get tired of running like Forrest Gump. We'll get to that next from Freddie and Harry with Chad Brown and for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman, and this is ESPN Radio. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. Joining me, Freddie Coleman on Freddie and Harry. A lot of people still weighing in on the ESPN app and Sirius XM Channel 80, and especially on Twitter, Chad Brown 94 and Coleman ESPN. We're calling this weekend in the NFL Show Me Something Weekend. Plenty of you waiting on Twitter, like Johnny Carl Ray Jr., one of our favorites. He says, what I have to see this weekend are the Las Vegas Raiders against the Miami Dolphins. If the Raiders have changed the environment, this is the game to make that statement when it comes to the Dolphins. Byron Elder says, to the husband or boyfriend of Melissa in Miami who called from Mississippi, show me something. Show me that your football knowledge is on par with hers. That was a fantastic call. She should call in weekly. Byron, let the church say amen, amen, amen when it came to Marissa hanging out with us in Mississippi. Uh, as a guy who was married to a football gal, Kristen Brown's football knowledge is deep mm-hmm. and in-depth. I like that. Uh, yes, so there are women out there who can discuss football, and there are husbands out there who hopefully can match yes. what their <laughs> wife brings. <laughs> no doubt about that. By the way, MiamiDolphins.com, call Marissa, Mississippi. She would be a great asset to what you guys talk about when it comes to the Dolphins. Thanks for weighing in all weekend long and all day long when it comes to Show Me Something Weekend in the NFL. In case you missed this, a statement from the University of Michigan regarding Jim Harbaugh. Supposed to be a hearing tomorrow regarding an injunction. Ain't going to happen. Here's the statement. This morning, the university, Coach Harbaugh, and the Big Ten resolved their pending litigation. The conference agreed to close its investigation, and the university and Coach Harbaugh agreed to accept the three-game suspension. 
Coach Harbaugh, the university support, decide to accept this sanction to return the focus to our student-athletes and their performance on the field. The conference has confirmed that it is not aware of any information suggesting Coach Harbaugh's involvement in the allegations. The university continues to cooperate fully with the NCAA's investigation, end quote. Uh, if you're going to write a statement, make sure it's true because the Big Ten was not investigating Jim Harbaugh. Hmm. How can you close an investigation that you didn't open? Ah. <laughs> I'm not saying, I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. I just thought about that. Look Details do matter. Right. The Big Ten agreed to close the investigation. You're not investigating him. It's the NCAA. <sighs> well, this statement was put out by the University of Michigan. So, the, you know, when you, I suppose, when you are so ecstatic that your coach can return in so. time for the playoffs, then so. you, you maybe the details get lost and all of that. Apparently, the truth was lost in that whole thing as well because the NCAA, they're the ones investigating. They decide to lay a suspension on Jim Harbaugh because Tony Petiti, the Big Ten commissioner, got bullied by the other schools saying, those guys were cheating. They're allegations. you got to make them pay. Boo! Yes! And he decided to <laughs> he started to play to the maddening crowd, and all of a sudden Jim Harbaugh suspended for three games. But the Big Ten, they didn't investigate Jim Harbaugh. It's the NCAA investigation, Shannon Penn. Is there some sort of closure now on this, now that we know Harbaugh's going to miss you know, the last three games of the regular season? Is this still going to be a story in, say, a week or two? I would think so. I, I would absolutely think so, particularly before Ohio State. Ohio State's going to want to keep this story going. If Ohio State were to lose this game, they could say, see, it was those cheating mm-hmm. Michigan dudes, those cheating Michigan coaches who made all that happen. So if if we don't cover it nationally, Ohio State's certainly going to push that out there yeah. to attempt to discredit Michigan, not only for the game, but also for the potential recruiting battles that are out there and looming for this offseason. Can you imagine if this year's game was played in Columbus and not in Ann Arbor? Mm, wow. Can you imagine what that would look and sound like if this year's game, with those allegations, we still don't have any clue, any idea of the full story. Whatever the investigation is going to tell us, I guess we'll have to go along with it whenever the NCAA finishes. But everything, the sub-stories, the main stories leading into that, can you imagine Michigan beats Maryland this weekend, Chad, and next week's game was in Columbus and not in Ann Arbor? That would have been catnip. To every Ohio State fan, there have been Ohio State fans coming from Siberia to be a part of this game to give all the business and all the smoke to Jim Harbaugh, who would not be there at Michigan football. Wow. Well, uh, I suppose Michigan's lucky that they dodged that particular bullet. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, I think they've got to be pretty happy with this uh, this agreement that they've reached here. Uh, Harbaugh gets a chance to come back for the Big Ten championship game. He gets a chance to come back for the playoffs. He's already served one game of that suspension against Penn State last week. Uh, yeah, there are a couple of weeks of moving past all this from their perspective. Again, I think it'll still be a bit of a story if they are in the playoffs, mm-hmm. if they are in the Big Ten championship game. Um, but I, I, for as far as they are concerned, I think they're happy they got away with what they got away with. Harbaugh gets a chance to return and be on the sideline this season. If you're college football, you're glad that somebody got next to Jim Harbaugh to say, leave this alone and then if you go get to the big 10 championship game you're going to be there for that because chad you're right this is not just going to go away because he decided to give up his fight to try to find an injunction to be back on the sidelines whoever or whatever got next to him to make that kind of decision if i'm a college football fan i'm thinking good this will at least slow down that narrative 
slow down this news article where it's Michigan football and Michigan versus the world and allegations. Now it becomes the NCAA's problem. Now we can sort of get back to football and not worry about something looming over a situation involving Michigan football, Jim Harbaugh, and the rest of the regular season. Yeah, that conversation last week uh, during Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's he, what's going to happen when the plane lands? Is he going to be able to coach? Is he not? It was all that controversy and all that conversation. That starts to wear on your football team. So yeah. that part of the statement released by the, released by the University of Michigan is true. The players get a chance to turn and shift their focus back to the game, not who's going to be coaching us. They know the lay of the land for the next two weeks. They have an understanding. As an athlete, once you're able to understand the situation, make peace with it, then you can start to move forward. So this team can do that. They can move forward and focus on Maryland mm-hmm. and then Ohio State. Chad Brown and for Harry Douglas. Joining me, Freddie Coleman and Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Each and every night with you, a little something-something. It could be sports-related or outside of sports-related, but it's always something good that we like to call... They may not be the top stories of the day. In other news. But you need to be in the know. This is In Other News. Remember in Forrest Gump when he decided to stop running and he said, I think I'll just go home now? Well, somebody did that, but they placed third in a 50-mile race in April. Here's the problem. She had to admit that she traveled in a car for a part of it. She's been handed a 12-month, I'm not making this up. She's been handed a 12-month ban for breaching the United Kingdom Athletics Code of Conduct for senior athletes. Excuse me. This young lady, who shall remain nameless, Joasia said crazy, told CNN that she's competed internationally with Scotland and Great Britain. She would not be able to run any UK event or represent Great Britain, and she can't coach because she breached the whole competition thing by placing third in a race in which she used a car to be a part of that 50-mile race. There has been a, a, a history of folks cheating in marathons and races like this. I'm not surprised for this to come up. It's just the latest of the greatest. Yeah, at least for us, stop running and home. She decided to use a car to try to get home. <laughs> Amber and Nina comes your way next with Chad Brown and Freddie Coleman. This has been Freddie and Harry on the Mighty ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.